Welcome out there to another awesome and riveting episode of the Album Argument, a podcast where two dudes get together, share records, and pick the best and worst songs from them. I'm Ryan. I'm Jeremy. And we are so happy to have you with us today as we discuss what I consider to be a really cool geek rock, sort of in the vein of Weezer-esque type music. You know, something like that. That's the best way I can describe it. But we're going to talk about Ozma and their record, Rock and Roll Part 3, or known as Rock and Roll Part 3. Or Trace? 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 Sure. Uno, dos, tres. (laughs) I have so many questions about this album. Rock and Roll Part 3. Now, I'll go ahead and just give you a little uh, heads up. There was a demo album that was released before this one called Songs of Inaudible Trucks and Cars. And it had a song on there called Iceland. And Iceland's a really good song. And um, and there was a line in it, we, we like to listen to Rock and Roll Part 3. And that's where they got the name of this album, the so next the, album. There's no Part 1 or 2. Well, so if you think about it, they based it off of that Rock and Roll Part 1 and Rock and Roll Part 2. That's called Rock and Roll Part 1 and... That's, yeah, rock and roll part two. Uh, I'm learning something on the podcast today. I had no idea. I forget what that guy's name is. Oh. Uh, Gary Glitter. Oh, Gary wow. Glitter had rock and roll part two, and that's what that that, uh, that stadium song, rock and roll. What's hey. part one? I don't know. <laughs> I don't care. I don't like Gary Glitter. From what I hear, he's an awful human being. So, so this is part three. Okay. So they, right. yeah, they they you know rock and roll part three. So um, which is but it's also like if you look at their their history and stuff, their demos and stuff. This is like their third actual like release type thing. If you include all the other uh, stuff, okay. Gotcha. So it kind of fits in a way, but it's their first official album. You know, it was released originally on Tornado Records back on January first of two thousand. So wow. the new millennium. Uh, which is Tornado Records was their own label. It's independently released. I do have that copy. I also have the re-release copy, which came out on Kung Fu Records on August 21st of 2001. And that came out after the uh, the tour that they did with Weezer and the Get Up Kids, which I've alluded to and talked about in another previous episode. But we'll, we'll talk about that more in a bit. Uh, it was originally self-produced by the band, and again, like I said before, it's the first real record that they put together. They had another album, but it was an album of demos. Uh, it has been compared so many times to Weezer. So many times. No way. No way. No way. No way. So if you're a fan of Weezer, you're probably going to love this yep. record. Uh, it was even stated, uh, all, all music gave it a four out of five rating uh, with a quote saying, arguably, I'm going to misquote them a little bit, arguably the best Weezer record released this year with Weezer also releasing a record. Wow. So th- I think that's a huge compliment. What, what Weezer album was that year? That was Green. Green. Wow. Yeah, which that's, we covered on the podcast early on the podcast. very popular album with it's a really very popular big album yes but it's also as we talked about on that podcast if you want to go back and listen i, I forget what number that was but uh we talked about how like bland it also was lyrically it was the beginning of what that was era. to come yeah. yeah um but so a lot of people said like okay what is the tie with weezer and i'll give you a little bit of background right here uh, the members of Ozma, Ryan Segler, who is uh, vocals and guitar, Jose Galvez, who is guitar and vocals, Daniel Brummel, who is vocals and bass, Starwick, which is keyboards, and Patrick Edwards drums. They were all fans, or most of them were fans of Weezer and kind of bonded over that. 
So with the starting of their band Ozma, which they got from, um, you know, Ozma of Oz, the, the book by Lewis Carroll. Sure. Oh yeah. You know, Alice yeah, in Wonderland that. and all yeah, that stuff. Sure. I know that. They, yeah. yeah. They got it from Ozma of Oz. I'm learning more and more on this podcast. There you go. You didn't know you were going to learn uh, so much out there today. Yeah. On this you're podcast. learning a lot on this podcast. Or maybe it's just me showing yeah. my ignorance. Yeah. You're, you're definitely ignorant. <laughs> <laughs> that being said i went to a state school so that's why <laughs> i went to a community college there, there, you go. <laughs> there we go um so they got their name from Ozma of oz but uh they were all pretty much big fans of weezer and so with the forming of Ozma, they they had weezer as a major influence so much so that one of the band members i think it was jose but gave a demo of rock and roll part three to rivers cuomo of weezer rivers the lead singer and main songwriter of weezer loved it he loved the record and he was not like, he loved the influences that they were pulling from him and it actually inspired him in a lot of ways. Wow. So, so much so that he, he not only talked online uh, with fans and message boards about, Hey, you need to hear this band. You need to go buy this record. He even brought them on tour with him. He's like, we need an opening spot for the Yahoo out loud tour, which is where I first saw Ozma and Weezer and the get up kids. Uh, but he has also continued with them. He has written songs with both Ryan and Daniel, and he is also, uh, which have come out on further Weezer records. Wow, cool. Uh, and he's also taken them on the those Weezer cruises that have happened, um, where Weezer has gone to the Caribbean and played a bunch of shows and stuff. So this, this relationship has been going on for a long time, and the influence and friendship has just grown from there. Nice. Which to me is kind of cool. Yeah, that is cool. They're starting off as friends and just bonding over them. Well, not just that, sure. but starting off as fans. For fans, yeah. Yeah, yep. fans and then growing into friends, which is really, really cool. If I mean, I think it's really neat altogether. So that was my question at the beginning was, you know, that uh, this sounds like Weezer's and this is just a ripoff, but it's It's not. more of an homage, homage in a way. That's, that's uh, a good way. Now, yeah. I, will, I will tell our listeners out there that you and I briefly discussed, uh, which we very, very rarely discuss any album beforehand, so that we can save it for this podcast. But we briefly discussed, I talked about uh, the differences of hearing this album as a teenager versus hearing it as an adult. So that's what we're going to have here. I heard this album for the first time on that tour. Uh, I remember my, I think I told the story a little bit. My dad took me to see Weezer and we were in Athens and this band comes on first. And I remember the song distinctively. They were playing Natalie Portman, which is oh, wow. one of the tracks on the song. I looked up at my father and I said, I have to go buy this record right now. doesn't strike me as a live song, so it's cool that they were playing it. They did it very well live, uh, and it was a popular song in their catalog. Um, and then, of course, the next band that came on was the Get Up Kids, and I immediately went and bought their record as well. I was like, Your dad's oh, like, dang it. Well, I mean, it was my so money. Much money. Oh, okay. It's your money. Yeah, yeah. it was my money. He, he bought the tickets and drove us there. Oh, uh, okay. And bought dinner. Nice dad. What and paid nice for dad. the gas. Nice. Super awesome. But all dad. souvenirs were me. <laughs> yeah, my dad, my, my parents always supported my musical love. So I appreciate that. Nice. Thank you, parents. Nowadays, I guess the parents probably pay for the streaming service. Yeah, probably. So I you do. just say, Dad, I need to download this on my streaming service. Yeah. Like, mm. Okay. Okay. Then do it. What other creepy songs are you listening to out there? <laughs> There's some really weird songs out there right now. Yeah. Well, so we'll do a, uh, sorry to jump in. We'll do yeah. a Grammy podcast. Coming yeah. Yeah. Up and maybe we'll talk about, we'll some talk about songs. some of those weird songs. Anyways. Um, so 
I know I'm blabbling here, and so let me let me get back on track here. But this this song, the 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 album, it just wow, it just blew me away. I listened to this thing nonstop. I burned copies for it for multiple friends because this you know this record was not widely released at this time, um, and even when they did sign with Kung Fu Records. That's not a huge label. It's a very small label uh, run by Joe Escalante of the Vandals. And like, it's like a, 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 a punk record label. Um, and I just, yeah, I loved it. I loved it. I've loved everything about it. The only difference between uh, the independent release and then the one that was released by Kung Fu is that the last song was broken up into two songs. So the original pressing is 10 songs. And then on the re-release, it's 11 with, you know, In Search of 1988 and Last Dance being their own tracks. So Last Dance was like a hidden track, you're saying? No, no they were just combined together. Oh, it okay. was like one massive track, and it was like eight, eight and a half minutes okay. long. But sound-wise, that was my question, too. So nothing else changed? Like nothing else changed. They didn't anything. re-record anything. Okay. I don't even think they remastered anything. I think they literally just because, to me, it sounded it sounds good. They, both of them sound the same. Cover and everything. Cover and everything's the same. Wow. Uh, even the, cool, the, the cool disc cover. is the same, except for on the Kung Fu release, there's the Kung Fu logo and a little bit of extra wording where on the original one, it's just the band name. Nice. Okay. So, but yeah, I, I, I've loved this record uh, ever since we were younger. But as we were talking about before, I think I, I, I got away from it. We were talking about upstairs um, above the studio that hearing it as a teenager versus hearing it as an adult. I loved it as a teenager and still love it. Now you're hearing it for the first time as an adult and do the lyrics relate to you when you hear it in a different era. And that's just something that we discussed there. So I don't know, maybe it does. Maybe it doesn't. Jeremy Dubman, what are your thoughts here on Ozma's rock and roll part three? I mean, uh, a couple of things, uh, I guess first thought I'll say, I mean, any album that has a song called baseball, yeah, I mean, you don't have to be young, uh, young or older. It doesn't mm -hmm. matter, right? It's got a song called Baseball. Yeah, which is it's pretty, pretty cool. sweet. Uh, and I think in another song they talk about baseball. They do not just that song, baseball. But uh, I feel a little bad. I apologize. This is kind of similar to Not a Surf. That it's funny you mentioned that. Keep going. Uh, that I I I know you've always liked these bands and maybe thanks to streaming. So, you know, we yeah. kind of knock streaming in a way, but it's beautiful. It's amazing that you don't necessarily have to buy an album Correct. to listen to it. So I think in 2001, now if you would have burned, maybe even burned me an album that um, at the time I probably still would not have liked it, but I don't know. Now it's, it's, it's a little different. I, I, I think I appreciate it more now again really? that I don't have to buy it. I don't know if I'll buy it. I might buy it. So I don't know. Interesting. I, I, I think I do like it. What? Enough. Oh, now, see, I thought you would hate this record. I, I don't like all the songs, but I, I really like a few songs, and it's it's got a cool sound, and it's a little different than what I'm listening to. So maybe just right now, you hit me at a good time, and oh, it nice. just works. Let me share something with you about Not A Surf. So the bass player of Not A Surf, I, I believe his name is Ira. Daniel Brommel has filled in for him on tours and stuff oh, to okay. help out in, in everything. So they have a connection as well, oh, which is really neat. Okay. Yeah. So they, I could see these two together. They're totally different, but yeah. kind of together. And yeah, yeah. This anyways. was around the same time as let go and not let it go, but let go. Let go. Um, so as I listened to it more, I, well, I will say when I first started listening to it, I don't, I didn't really like the first two tracks as much. Really? So domino effect. It seems like that's one of the more popular songs mm -hmm. in apple trees. They're cool songs. 
But I think once I got to like Shooting Stars, Natalie Portman was actually a standout. I was like, whoa, it's a this great is, song. This is kind of cool. Like the bass and guitar when it like just kind of gets quieter mm -hmm. and it's like that distorted bass or synth. Maybe it's even a synth. And then uh, the guitar in the second time when it comes in, I thought that was really cool. And the lyrics about being a Jewish boy. Yep. It was Hanukkah recently. Yep. I'm not Jewish, but my some of my family is. And so I was like, maybe it just hit at the right time. I was like, yeah. oh, okay. And did I read, it's something about like her stage name. So like, would she accept him? Cause she changed her name those, a little bit. Yeah. Right? So something for like people that. that don't know, Natalie Portman was born in Israel. She is Jewish. Uh, and when she came to America, she changed her name. So I don't remember what her, this Natalie Portman is her stage name. Um, I, I don't remember what her actual name is, but so that's, that's what he was making reference to is, you know, she still holds on to these, like if, if I was a proper Jewish boy, would her family still love me like these traditions, but then there's the changes. Yeah. So Natalie Portman, I think that's, that was my first thought of, oh, okay, this is pretty yeah. cool. And I was just kind of listening in the background. I was like, that stood out. Yeah. And so I started listening more and more. I go, okay, this is cool. This is cool. And then I heard mm -hmm. baseball and I was like, who doesn't like baseball? Actually, that's the problem. A lot of people don't like baseball nowadays, but that's a whole nother podcast. Yeah, that's another story. Um, yeah, I just started listening through and I was like, this is really cool. So that's, it's, it's interesting. And that's why I feel bad. Like not a surf. I just never really gave it maybe at the time. So maybe it's actually different for me. Like listening now, I actually appreciate it more because at the time I think I might've heard too much Weezer yeah, and I did fine. like early Weezer, but then I didn't like Weezer later. Cause when we talked about yep, that, so yep. I probably would have been like, yeah, not so good, but I like it. It's kind of raw compared to some other music nowadays. Mm -hmm. So maybe that's why I appreciate it too, because it's not pristine. It's not all, it's not modern production. Correct. So I don't know what I would have thought about it as a teenager, but nowadays I like it. So Thanks. again, I don't know if I would buy it. Um, I think so. You know, if the price is right, I feel bad saying it that way. Um, just to be honest, you know, like if we're at a UCD store or something, I yeah. would buy it. Oh, right? nice. I'll take, if it's I, brand you know new, I'll take that. $15, $20 CD? Because no. <laughs> yeah, maybe not, right? I think so, when I bought it, I paid like $8 yeah, for so it. Yeah, so that that's, I, I think I would have that because it's got some cool things and I'll come back and listen to it nice. more and more. Nice. Um, so much so that it was kind of difficult to find a song that I don't like. Yeah. And that, I think we, I, I alluded to this last time. Just like, like they're all good. Yeah. Right? They're not so, necessarily all great, but they're all really pretty good. And I will side with you there. This, uh, for those of you who don't know, this is very much a, an album about young teenage love and angst and stuff and, and, you know, homework. And, you know, I, I love the references, you know, like I, like I would talk to you in math class and I got your digits and stuff. And, uh, then, you know, the reference to baseball and everything and the, the relationship of is our season over, you know, yeah. like there he's good analogies. Yeah. And great like analogies it. in this. Uh, again, that's why I brought up like, you know, listening to it, then it connected very much to me as a teenager. Does it still connect to somebody who is older listening to it? Maybe not as much, but still with good qualities. That being said, that was my big problem. I could not find a song that I felt like. I, now this is not a perfect record. I'm not. I'm not saying that this is a perfect record. So I did pick a song that is the worst. But that being said, I still like the song. It just, it's almost to me almost perfect, but not quite there. Yeah, um, it's funny. And um, also, you know, do you relate? But somehow we related to Olivia Rodrigo. Yeah, yeah, we did. <laughs> 
Uh, and a 16-year-old Alanis Morissette and things yeah. like that. So anyways, um, going to the song that I just keep coming back to. So okay. it would be Natalie Portman maybe as an honorable mention. I really like that. I that think would actually cool. be my honorable mention as it's well. It's very unique, I think. Um, it's not really Weezer. That's why I think yeah. I like the songs that aren't very Weezer. Well, let's, let's hear a little section of that then. It's such a good track. Maybe she's alone. There's nothing, there's nothing I can do. Yeah, so it's it's quiet. The vocals start right away. Mm-hmm. It's really cool. It's kind of electronic. Yep. But it gets but heavy, rocking. rocking, and, you know, it's got the Jewish ties. and things. It's just a cool song. So, again, like, I'll, I'll say it again. As soon as, the like, halfway through this song, I looked up at my dad. I'm like, I have to have this record. This song just, like... Boom! It hit me and it blew me away immediately. I had no idea who this band was. So. Uh, you mentioned while we were uh, uh, listening and singing along, the silence is cool yeah. too. Maybe that's what caught me too while listening. You know, in the background, I admit when we first started mm-hmm. listening to these albums in preparation for the podcast, you know, it was all rocking, and then this song starts. You know, like, yeah. Okay, where to go? And then all of a sudden, silence and it kind of catches you. Well, and then the silence goes on for a hair too long. That's what I love about it. It's like it, it gives you that uneasy, like, is it coming? Is it coming? And then boom. Yeah. But it's so simple. The, yeah. It's it's really the breakdown. Um, um, what is uh, it? I'm nothing or it's yeah. nothing, whatever. That that part. There's just, nothing there's I can nothing. do. Yeah. yeah. And he changes it too as it goes through the song, mm-hmm. right? Um, but uh, if there's one that's kind of similar to that, that's unique, I think, that's not so Weezer, I admit, it's uh, Battle Scars. Yeah. That's my pick for best. Oh, very good. Yeah, it's a cool song. That's it's, a great song. It, it's got a, um, it reminds me of um, one of the Shin songs that we did earlier. It's kind of got that kind of sweet little arpeggiated mm-hmm. thing at the beginning, uh, which is how the the Shin's album opens, The yep. Wincing the Night Away. Uh, but then it gets really heavy and just something about battle scars, rhyming it with guitars. And um, then that little beginning line comes back yep. towards the end. It's very subtle in the background. Um, it's cool. And then even it's got this interesting thing that kind of keeps me, interested it's got a what we call gated reverb so when it yeah. gets really loud is da 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 pa but then you hear the pa it just stops just in time and it's almost slightly too early for the next da 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 pop and then it just yeah it's a cool geeked out thing that i hear then i'm like oh i appreciate which that. is That's perfect because cool. this is a geek record yeah it's a geek record so um, yeah, it's very dynamic. A lot of the songs on this album are dynamic. So that's my pick. It's just unique. That's awesome. I like that. Like being Ozma, separate from comparing it too much to Weezer. I think if I say no, this I is you. Ozma, this is cool. Well, I agree with the comment made that the, this was the best Weezer record released in 2001 against another Weezer record. Um, I love the tongue-in-cheek lyrics. Uh, I love how a lot of the songs go into the next one. It's really neat. Uh, and even in like uh, the song Last Dance, there's a little bit of self-humor, you know, a kinder reminder from Ozma, you know, like they, they it's very tongue in cheek in a lot of ways. So 
it's a good pick. Battle Scars is a great song. Yeah, and it's towards the end of the album, but it still works. I don't know. It's a cool name and everything. So it was difficult to find one that I just, uh, a bad song, because I was listening even this morning. Again, I go, this one. Again. It's tough. It's tough. But uh, going back to when I first listened to the album, I thought maybe Domino Effect. I go, no, but that one kind of picks up. That one's an awesome song. Um, Oh, I should say that I thought this was kind of interesting. Around this time, it made sense that... uh, I kind of got some Jump Little Children vibes. Ooh, Like yeah. Domino Effect and a few of the other ones. Yeah, I could see that. Like yeah, the vocals. Yeah. Like as I listened to it more, I was like, oh, it's kind of Jump Little Children. Maybe it was just that time, you know, it was around the same era yeah. and so forth, musically and influences and everything. But anyway, so Domino Effect, I was like, well, it kind of sounds like Jump Little Children. Okay, I'll give them that. Apple Trees. So Apple Trees kind of have good lyrics, cool lyrics. It's just that chord progression at the beginning. Oh. I can't get past that. Most of the time, it just gives me those heebie-jeebies that I alluded to before. I got you. If I have to pick one, it's a good song because I actually kind of like the lyrics. I love the lyrics. Talking about apple pie and pie and math class and things like that. It's the chord progression. studied you at math class. So sorry, it starts with the bass. It's cool. It's just the it holds out the first chord, and then once it goes, once he starts singing, and then the second chord. It just my you. ears don't agree with that. Now once it picks up, it's kind of cool. It's good, yeah. And uh, kind of the geek rock and everything. But if I have to go with one again, yeah. all the other ones, I, I can sing along. I no, can I find something. It's happy. It's pleasing. That's what I liked about this. That I feel bad that I didn't. Or maybe, so I admit, we were listening to this when I listened with Chevelle. Yeah. So maybe this hurt Chevelle. It's possible. And I think I started listening to Chevelle first, but then when I listened to this, I was like, ah. Because it's just personally, (laughs) this is more like upbeat and happy and things like that. this is definitely more happy. So it didn't help Chevelle listening to these two next to each other. So it was just a good juxtaposition with Chevelle, and I appreciate this. No, that's good. But Apple Tree still was like, because it doesn't. Yeah, match with the other songs. Now, I love this record. Uh, this is definitely in my top 20 of favorite records of all time, um, maybe even top 15. Um, I, I just, I love this record. It, it's it, To me, it has held up. Uh, it still gives me flashbacks to youth, you know, and and those, you know, those longing every now and then, the, the simplicity of high school. We thought high school was so deep and tough back then. It's like, no, man, it was so easy. It was so nice. Uh, makes me want to go back to it sometimes because of, albums like this uh there was somebody on the news though that she was found she's uh she was like 33 years old or something okay and she posed as a high schooler oh yeah i saw that like as much as you what you you just said i don't i'm pretty sure most of us would not ever think of no i wouldn't go back and do it now (laughs) jesus no (laughs) that was so weird my wife and i were like why would you do that why but Anyways, there's other things going Attention on. Attention and clout. No, I just meant Sorry. like, you know, like in the nostalgic sense. That's Got all it. I mean. Okay. In our high school, yeah, yes. You just like school. go back very briefly. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Our walks I, to your car yeah. and things like the talks. Oh, we told so many stories. Yeah, oh, things, my gosh. Some uh, jokes and dirty jokes that cannot be said on this podcast. Nope, that I'm ever again. now as an adult. I'm like, wow. Eli and Reagan, I'll, uh, yeah, I won't ever tell you either. So, um, but uh, anyway, so sorry to jump in. So your your love for children. this album. Um, all right. So, <laughs> wow. Um, no, I just I love this record. I love it still, and and, and it's just the nostalgic vibe, and it's just great. Um, 
it's funny, you know, Battle Scars is a wonderful song and I love it. It is one of the best songs on this album. Baseball, as we talked about, that's my pick is baseball. And I love the analogies to relationships to baseball. I just think it's very clever. Uh, I think it, you know, there's emotion in the voice. You know, you can hear it. You can hear the pain in the voice, you know, of losing that loved one. Ryan is into it here. <laughs> he is rocking out, singing along. The verse, like it. the verse is good. The pre-chorus is really good and catchy. The chorus is good and catchy. I mean, like it's awesome all together. It's just a solid song, and and to follow it with Battle Scars is great. Now I said follow it with Battle Scars. Unfortunately, there's a track in between there called Rocks. Now Rocks is a good song. It's a really good song. However, it has the unfortunate position of being stuck Oreoed in a, a battle for best songs. Battle Scars, Baseball. Battlestar Galactica. Battles, that's what I was looking for. Thank you. You know, and then you got Rocks in the middle. Now, Rocks, it's a good song. It's been used in TV shows and stuff. And uh, other songs of theirs have been used in movies. I don't know if you know that, but there you mm, go. Nice. Uh, I actually used Ozma. Yeah. I used Ozma the other day to teach in class. We were using uh, the Tetris theme. And I was showing uh, the evolution of Russian folk music. Ozma does a cover of the Tetris song on their mm. next album that is incredible. Um, which if you haven't heard it, you need to hear it. It's phenomenal. Okay. You know, but the unfortunate job of falling in between two classic songs. I've been looking for a way to find a way to find you. Turn it over every unturned stone. I thought everyone was split, but I guess equal. I can't skip this after you've been long, 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 Well, yeah, I don't know when it, uh, it when it gets to the chorus. I like the that. Chorus part. The chorus is great. Yeah, I love this song. This is the problem. This is why it's not a perfect record to me. The track listing could have been done differently, and I think if it was done differently, like, how do you follow up such good songs? Like, how do you follow up uh, baseball and then go straight into rocks and then yeah. go back into battle scars? True. That's that's yeah. the only reason why it's the my my pick for worst. Yeah. It's a short song. Maybe that's why they're like, well, we want this on the album. Yeah. It's a minute 57. Yeah. Let's put it here. Because it can't be, yeah. uh, because you said the original, uh, Battle Scars sounds like an end of the album. And then it in does. Search of 1988, if it was one song, that's the end of the album. Yeah. It's kind of nice that they then had Last Dance. But anyways, if that's the end, yeah, it's kind of weird. Rocks maybe should have been earlier. It should have been earlier. And it would have changed the whole dynamic. Maybe even first. I would have liked it more first. Right. Maybe really? not an opener. Maybe See, not. At the end of Battle Scars, you know, there's a domino effect reprise yeah. that's like flamenco. Well, that's in a nice. Way. Yeah, that's nice. I just, yeah. I don't, yeah, domino effect. It takes a little while to get into. I so gotcha. it makes it, it works as an opener. So okay. take right. away from, but uh, rocks, uh, yeah, rocks, rocks. 
It I does. Know. It rocks. It's a great song, but in a bad spot. You just have to pick one. So, so that's why I picked it. Okay. But it's a good album. I'm sorry it took me a while to listen to Ozma. No, that's fine. That's great. I'm glad you liked it. I don't know what I thought Ozma was before, but it's not what I thought it was. I don't know. Maybe well, I heard a different song. I'll so. be real with you, though. So this album is great. Their next album is very solid as well. It's called The Double Donkey Disc, which is a really weird name for an album. I will fully admit that. Their next album is called Spending Time on the Borderline. Eh, there's, it's kind of like the same issue we were having with the Chili Peppers before. Like some songs were good, some songs were fillers. And then unfortunately it keeps going that direction. The gotcha. next album, Pasadena, there's like one good song on it and the rest of it's not. And then their final album is called Boomtown and there's nothing on there worth anything in my opinion. So they're not together now. No, they're still together, oh, but okay. they, they've had moments of breaking up and getting back together. But whenever they do play, they tend to play songs from uh, Double Donkey Disc and, and this one. Gotcha. You know, uh, well, Rock and Roll Part 3. That's yeah. their main, that's what people love from them. Yeah, it's good. So thank you for sharing it. I will be on the lookout as Thanks. I'm going to CD stores to try to find it. Sweet, sweet. Sounds good. Thank you very much out there. Hopefully you enjoy Ozma as well. Give them a listen to. Uh, listen to everything they have out there, actually. And buy it all because we want to support the band. Definitely. And uh, make sure you check us out at thealbumargument.com where you get Jeremy's link tree and Spotify playlist. And also just share us with everybody. Share us with Grandma. Grandma's yeah. an Ozma fan. Yeah, she'll love it. She'll love it. Yeah. Until next time, I'm Ryan. I'm Jeremy. Deuces. We are out.